What is up, y'all? Welcome back to another weekly episode of Keeping It Real with Jalen. Thank y'all so much for tuning in this week. And for this week's episode, um, I have my friend Kiana, who's going to be uh, co-hosting and you know joining me in this episode. So without further ado, let's just go ahead and jump right into it. So this week, we'll be talking about grief, loss, and making meaning. So Kiana Naimi, uh, ACSW, which is an associate clinical social worker, serves as a mental health clinician at the ACORN Counseling Group in California. Kiana has earned her master's in social welfare from the UCLA Luskin School of Public Affairs. Having experience working across the lifespan, Kiana has supported the whole health of teenagers with LAUSD schools, as well as the UCLA VA medical system working with veterans and their families. Kiana is most passionate about offering support to those experiencing trauma, grief, loss, and those that may be currently encountering a challenging time in their lives. So please make sure you guys follow Kiana on Instagram at Kiki's underscore corner. That is K-I-I-K-I-I-S underscore corner. Um, so you guys can check out, check her out and, you know, see what she's up to in the next couple of weeks. So without further ado, let's just go ahead and jump into it. So Kiana, can you kind of just, you know, introduce yourself a little bit more? I know I kind of just gave a little background of you, but yeah. Sure. Well, um, hello everyone. Hi, Jalen. It's good to spend some time with you today and talk about grief and loss. I think it's fair to start out by saying that um, how I got into grief and loss in particular is because of a personal experience, mm -hmm. right? So oftentimes, you know, we end up doing um, work that we're passionate in because it's near and dear to our hearts and yeah. it's something that we can relate to and um, understand as well. Okay. Awesome. So um, me and Kiana actually went to undergrad together at California State University, Northridge. We did. Um, we met. How did we meet? Oh, my God. We met in a, um, a sociology met. class. Yep. That's how we met. And then we've just been friends ever since. So Kiana actually went on to get her master's in 2017. Correct. And graduated in 2020. I did. 2020 from UCLA. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to be um, starting my master's in social work at uh, CSUN this upcoming school year and I'll be graduating in 2025 so it's just a crazy journey and it's just like everything just comes full circle and you know having a new grad therapist talk about her experience and talk about you know grief loss and obviously making meaning of it because like she said oftentimes we get into uh, get into work that we relate to because we've been through something personal um, or you've known someone that's been through something you know so, you know someone that's been through something, I guess, personal, I guess you could say, is the best way to describe it. Um, okay, so thank you so much for your introduction, Kiana. Um, let's go ahead and just talk about how you got into grief work. Sure. Okay, so how I got into grief work. Well, again, comes from personal experience, right? I lost my mother uh, due to breast cancer as a teenager, and so... You know, I didn't take the appropriate um, appropriate amount of time, I guess, or I didn't take the time to grieve that loss, mm -hmm. right? Um, I come from a Middle Eastern culture where you don't really talk about grief, right? We don't talk about grief overall, yeah. but in my family system in particular, we really didn't. We took a certain period of, of time to go through the uh, mourning rituals 
And then once that was over, um, everyone just kind of went about, you know, their quote unquote normal life, right? And what that looks like. And so, you know, as a teenager, I went about my way and I didn't address it. I didn't approach it. I didn't talk about it really until I started my master's program at UCLA. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) And it came right back up. Right? Those feelings and thoughts that you thought you suppressed came at you full force. Exactly. Full throttle. Exactly. And I thought, oh, goodness, I was doing so well. Yeah. Right? I went immediately from, you know, my undergraduate program where we had met and worked together to my master's program in 2017 and everything was fine and, you know, so on and so forth. And about a quarter and a half in, because UCLA is a quarter system, about a quarter and a half in, I said, holy crap, I can't do this anymore. Um, something's going on within, something that feels different. And so how the grief presented with, with me was that uh, it was uh, physical um, symptoms in which my body started getting sick. Mm. So I took a medical leave of about a year. I left my dream school, the dream program, and all of that. And at that time, I thought, you know, this is probably the worst thing that could ever happen to me. Right? Right? And I was so angry about having to do that. And I went and saw a grief therapist. Mm. Mm -hmm. So we keep talking about grief. We keep throwing that word around, and we keep saying grief this, grief that. But what, what is grief? Sure. And so grief is really defined as a series of emotional, cognitive, functional, and behavioral responses to a loss. Okay? And I really want to hone in this point that grief is a natural response Mm -hmm. to any significant change in a relationship to a person, a place, an item, a memory and an attachment that has been removed or taken, right? And so again, grief is different than mourning, right? Mourning is how we express our grief Mm. with rituals and traditions that are specific either to our culture or our community or our family system. And that's the way we express ourselves and it's more short term. So would you say like mourning is like a funeral or like a wake or um, I know in some cultures you have, you know, the seven days of mourning yes. where you have rich, you know, rituals, like you just said, uh, where family comes together and, you know, you yes. eat together or whatever. Exactly. And okay. you remember if, if it's the passing of the loved one, you remember that loved one. Yes. I see. Absolutely. I see. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how would, if you're someone that has, you know, lost someone, whether you lost, you know, some someone, something, a pet or whatever, I know there's not a one-stop shop to overcoming grief, but how how do some folks and how do, how do you overcome grief? How do you overcome grief? You know, I think when, well, first of all, you don't. Yeah. Let's start off with saying you mm-hmm. don't. Um, if you're looking for a way to overcome it, let me know if you find the answer because I haven't. <laughs> I'll um, let you know in grad school. <laughs> please. <laughs> but what happens is grief work is all about continuing 
to shift that relationship mm-hmm. when you've lost a loved one, right? Mm-hmm. So how does that relationship shift and change? What new memories do you create? How do you keep them? How do you keep them alive in your in your heart right. and continuing to talk about them, right? Grief work, in essence, is really continuing to talk about the, our loved one and those things that are still important to us. So can grief and mourning be parallel to each other? They can. They can? They okay. can. And, okay. you know, in that period of, again, depending on what those rituals are, mm-hmm. they look very similar. Gotcha. gotcha. They look very, very similar. They can until folks, again are expected to pull themselves up by the bootstrap and you know kind of go back to a normal quote-unquote normal life right okay right but the reality is there is no such thing as normal again and once once you take a step uh forward or once you take a step to the side right you recognize that your life um you can kind of split your life up into two Mm -hmm. and one that is before the loss occurred and then I after see. the loss has happened. I see. Okay. So grief can hit before the loss even occurs. It in can. A, in a sense, right? Okay. Because, I mean, let's just say you have a family member that's in hospice. Exactly. And, you know, obviously things can change. The person can improve. But nine times out of ten, when you know someone's on hospice, they're, you know, at the end, final stages of their lives. So you can begin the grieving process or the mourning process, depending... I guess on how you look at it essentially i don't know if that makes sense well that is what we call anticipated grief mm, okay. and so you are anticipating you have somewhere in the back of your mind that this loss can occur at any time at any time okay and although it can occur at any time it's more likely to happen in the near future I right see. so i can't say that you might be uh, able to begin the, the grieving process right and that you do know that it's going to happen right Mm -hmm. so it's not when we lose a loved one to a car accident right that's just like sudden that's immediate yeah right so this at least we know is is more likely to happen in the near future i see okay so obviously there's different kinds of griefs and there's you know different kinds of losses and things like that so in the uh, description box of this episode i'm going to go ahead and drop down a link um, it's, it's going to be called What's Your Grief? And it has different, you know, grief resources, different uh, types of griefs that you may have experienced in your life. And it's also going to have a resource guide that Kiana has provided to me to provide to you guys um, to, you know, have resources readily, readily available to you um, in regards to grief, loss, and making meaning of that. So go ahead and check out the description box um, for that information. And by the way, the uh, resources uh, list that I shared with you, Jalen, I created that with a colleague of mine awesome. in particular during the pandemic. Okay. And so I've been, you know, Ugh. keeping tabs on Lots that. Lots of grief. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of grief. Um, making sure that everything's current. And, and the What's Your Grief website is a website that I, both as a uh, professional, a clinician, refer to often for a lot of uh, grief support. Okay. okay. So it's one of my favorites. Okay, perfect. So yeah, Kiana has some lived experience through that. <laughs> Boy, do I. <laughs> so speaking of grief, we typically hear that grief is, you know, someone who has died or, you know, is dying or things like that. 
Um, is there a such thing as grieving someone who is still alive and still, you know, on earth? Oh, absolutely. And that can be in, in two different ways. Okay. Right? One, it could be that this person is acting or behaving in a way that we are not expecting. Hmm. Right? So yeah. our expectations are left unmet. Mm-hmm. And that results in grief. And two, is that the loss of the relationship. Right? If we decide that regardless of how much we love this person and admire them, that this relationship, this dynamic is no longer serving us, right? and we decide to move forward, then that can cause a lot of uh, feelings of, of grief as well. Yeah, because it's like you're, like in a sense, losing like a piece of you. You are. Yeah. You absolutely are. And even though... You know, thank goodness that they're still alive. Right. Right? It's not going to feel the same way anymore. Of course, because it's like a piece of your heart or, you know, that person that you heavily relied on or someone that you lived with, you know, that's a huge change. It is. It's a huge change that a lot of folks are, you know, aren't used to. And no one is going to ever get used to grief. It's not like, hey, let's, let's, let's only grieve for... For 10 weeks and then you know, <laughs> you know healing takes time <laughs> grief takes time so with that being said how long or how long or should grief last if that is even a appropriate question to ask yeah i'm glad you bring that up because you know so okay maybe i should start off by saying the recent edition of the dsm has stirred up a lot of different concepts in terms of grief Mm -hmm. in which prolonged grief is not part of the dsm and here's the problem with that that is that now we are pathologizing grief Mm. as a mental health issue right and so if we which in fact it's not no yeah of course (laughs) not right because if you remember my definition of grief i said that grief is a natural response right right it's totally and completely normal for the person to be feeling however they are um, in regards to their grief, in regards to the loss that they've experienced. And so now the DSM or the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual that a lot of clinicians, psychologists, counselors, uh, psychiatry, all these different uh, helping professionals come together and use um, has included prolonged grief. And so it's saying that folks can encounter prolonged grief. And so the problem with that is that, again, it has become pathologized, right? That there is something wrong with you for feeling the way that you are. As if it's a mental health disorder, which it's not. Exactly. It's a feeling. It's a feeling. Yeah, it's a feeling that, you know. It's a feeling that needs that to be. That it's okay to feel. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's a feeling. It's feelings that need to be processed. It's feelings that you need to provide appropriate and enough space for. Yeah. Right? And time. And time. And time for. And, and letting your body feel that, you know. As uncomfortable as it's going to feel, it's kind of like going through the motions, you yeah. know, that, that saying. Right. And so, so going back to your question, because I know I didn't answer it. That's <laughs> okay. We get very sidetracked here. <laughs> I'm really good at doing that. Um, especially when it comes to grief. You can't get me to stop talking when I'm, when I'm on, on the roll. Um, is that there is, no grief, there is no timeline 
or time frame for mm-hmm. an individual to be grieving. And there is no one particular way to be able to say, oh, this is the right way to grieve mm-hmm. and this is the wrong way to grieve. There is no such thing. So how would you go about, like, let's just say you confide in me. You're like, hey, Jay, um, I'm grieving such and such. And I'm just like, oh, just get over it. Like, you'll be fine. How would you or how would one, like, perceive that? Or how would it make one feel? Because, I mean, I know you said you have lived experience with grief. So if someone were to come to you like, oh, just get over it. It's, you know, life goes on. Right. Well, I... I know you're not going to do that. You're of not going to say that. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> um, and so what happens is is when we go to someone that's important to us, right. someone that we can f- confide in for support, and they, you know, kind of go, oh, we'll get over it. It's not a big deal. When, we, when they uh, dismiss or minimize our feelings, mm-hmm. You know, it's like, how does that make us feel? Well, one, it makes us feel like we don't want to go to them again. Right. Right? And, but but sometimes, Jay, the reason why a lot of folks may jump to that is because hearing our loved ones going through difficult times. Yeah, hearing people hurt. Yeah, is really difficult. Yeah, especially if you don't know how to process, like, your own feelings. No. Yeah. And you're sitting there going, well, excuse my language, but fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do I do or what do I say? And oftentimes, the best thing to do or say would just be, oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to say. This is really painful. And that's what they teach us in social work, too. Like, don't say that you know what that person is going through or don't say that, you know, you understand because nine times I'm saying you don't. No. But you can just say, hey, I'm here, whatever you need. If you want to come to me, I'm here. I'm all open, right? And, and you know, again, if depending on your comfort level, depending yep. on the person's comfort level, if our, our support or if our loved one has, has lost someone near and dear to them, Really, you could be asking about the details in a time and space that is appropriate. So please not at the grocery store and at the bank. Right. Right? <laughs> right. Not at the mall, not right. in public spaces. We right. don't want that. But that if we are able to hold space for them, mm-hmm. if we're able to hold their hearts for them while they uh, go through these challenging times, is that we can ask about their person right gotcha how did they how did they pass um how old were they what do we miss most about them and making again create creating new memories and and showing them that it's okay to talk about it right right obviously in a time in a space where they that is appropriate appropriate for them right gotcha okay that is appropriate but again if we find ourselves feeling like we're not able to do that mm-hmm. that's because we're not comfortable with it right and that's okay and that's okay too that's okay and that's okay too and then as long as you know you say that then you are actually um you are actually uh repairing that relationship and making that even making that bond even stronger Okay, versus going, oh, well, it's not a big deal. Just get over it. Yeah, or talk to me now about it. Right. Gotcha. Okay. 
So obviously with grief, there is another, you know, before you have grief, from my understanding, you have to have experienced a loss, whether it's uh, a physical loss, whether it's an emotional loss, Mm -hmm. whether it's a, I don't know. Yeah. And again, the losses can either be loss of a loved one. It could be a divorce. It could be breakups. Okay. Long-term partnerships, whatnot. It could be the ruptured friendships Mm -hmm. like you said earlier yeah and it could be the loss of our pets as well because oftentimes right our pets are just as near and dear to our hearts than our family members yeah and sometimes and some people even more so (laughs) even more important (laughs) you know what i don't blame them whatsoever i am all bored with that totally confiding in your pet then confiding in your family members is sometimes better Uh, yeah (laughs) Yeah, and and it can be, you know, when we look at COVID and yeah. the pandemic and, and how our lives have shifted and changed. Yeah. It could also be the financial losses, right? So job loss, housing loss, bankruptcies. And yeah. then it could be loss of health. And this includes, you know, the various illnesses as well as infertility. And then, again, this loss of sense of normalcy, of when the F are we going to get back to normal. To normal, yeah. And the reality is... There is no normal. No, (laughs) because there never was. And you just have to go with what your quote-unquote new normal is. Exactly. If there, you know, if that even exists in this world. Exactly. It kind of sounds like grief and loss go hand in hand, right? Oh, yeah. And so, with that being said, are there, like, levels of grief that people should be aware about and if so what are those levels of grief yes okay so um yes so as you know grief is really complicated right and oftentimes when i'm talking about grief i like to refer it back to layers of an onion okay mm. where it's really layered and complicated and holy smokes it can make you cry right right? and so the primary loss or the first level of loss is the actual loss that has occurred okay and this is either the death of a loved one it's our um you know getting a divorce pet loss whatever that loss may be right okay something significant right okay um the second level is the secondary loss and these are the changes um, in our lives that occur as a result of the primary loss, right? So these are the effects of that loss. Mm-hmm. And so, and then it, uh, it, it goes a level further. Oh, and, wow. and then it goes into the tertiary losses, right? And so the tertiary losses are an added complication of the secondary loss which may often go unnoticed but again it's important because it just adds to that layer of loss so can you give us an example of that yeah of course so let's say that we are back in 2020 right Mm -hmm. and it's six months after the pandemic so this thing is like brand new yep okay and an individual contracts COVID-19 or gets COVID-19 and takes some time off of work to recover now, mind you, when I give you this example, this is before the Biden administration signing the the um, the COVID uh, emergency sick time hours. Gotcha. Okay, so 
again, as a result of taking some time to is taking some time to recover from work, excuse mm-hmm. me, um, they lose their job and now now are worried about trying to make ends meet right for them and their family. So the primary loss here is actually losing their job, right? Even though that some folks would argue that it could be getting COVID as well. Right. Okay. Um, but let's just, for the sake of the example, let's just say that the primary loss is the loss, loss of the job. Mm-hmm. Okay. The secondary loss would be the COVID symptoms and having to manage their health, taking some time off. And that might result in the loss of their identity as well, depending on um, how, how they are recovering, right? And how their symptoms present and look like. And then the tertiary losses would be experiencing the financial hardships and wondering how they're going to support themselves and their family members and so on and so forth. Another thing I want to point out here is that the secondary losses and tertiary losses, when we are taking those into consideration, us as the clinician, us as the mental health provider, mm-hmm. we are not there to uh, identify which is what. Okay. Okay. So we're not going to sit there and say, all right, so these serve as the secondary losses, these serve as tertiary losses. What's important to do, however, is to just recognize them in the way that the person sitting in front of us does. Gotcha. Okay. So it does not go unnoticed. Now, this might sound like a silly question, but can secondary loss and tertiary loss, can tertiary come before before secondary and vice versa? Well, is it like linear, I guess you can say? In this case, I mean, we don't even have to number it if we don't Mm -hmm. want to. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. It's just knowing that these are the causes and effects of loss. Gotcha. Okay. Does that make sense? Relate back to grief. (laughs) <laughs> okay, got it. Did I answer your question? Yeah, okay. that did, okay. yeah. Because, okay. I mean, yeah. I think, you know, maybe someone out there might have had the same thought or same question. So, that kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So, with that being said, what are, like, some five truths about grief and loss? Okay. So, if some truth number one, right? It becomes difficult to relate to your friends. It can. And here's that... Ha- that happens right a few minutes ago I told you about the fact that when we experience or encounter a significant loss it's about how our life looked like prior to that loss right and how our life looks like now after that loss Mm -hmm. right and oftentimes we can no longer relate to our friends because they might not have one um, experienced that loss the same way that we did depending on what that loss was, right. two, might have had expectations um, or set agenda items that weren't um, supportive to our grieving process, okay? Where we do not feel the same connection mm-hmm. and support from, their, from them anymore. Because they might not have experienced what you right. are experiencing or have experienced. Right, gotcha. in the same way. And so it becomes difficult to relate to those around us. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Okay. What else? Let's see. Um, Another point is comforting words become bland background noise. And what do I mean by that? These are things like, oh, you know, you now have an angel looking over you, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) watching you. 
these are like, oh, you know, only the good or, you know, only, yeah, only the good die first, you know, um, or, you know, or they are in a better place, right? Ugh. Yeah, that's so Jeez. often. Yeah. Or things like, God never gives us more than we can handle. Mm-hmm. Well, can you stop the trolley train right there? <laughs> yeah. Who are you to know anything about my religious beliefs, yeah. how this loss is impacting or not impacting right. my religious beliefs, and why in the world would you just say that? Yeah. Okay. What do you mean more than, you know, gives, never give us more than we can handle? I'm barely trying to keep my head above water. Right. So, you know, comforting words. But then again, Jay, is that, to, again, the point that I made earlier that it's really hard to see someone that we, you know, love hurt. and care for hurt. Yeah. Right? So we try to do or say whatever we can to support them in that moment. The reality is that's not supportive at all. Yeah, because in that moment it might sound, you know, good, and it might sound like we're saying the things that this person wants to hear. And for us. It, for us, exactly. For us. Never for them. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So is it true that like with grief and loss that you can sometimes feel nothing and then suddenly feel everything? Well, absolutely, absolutely, and it again there is no right or wrong way to grieve yeah and that's again the why i made the point of you know um prolonged grief disorder being in the dsm right because oftentimes it can feel like a flood of Mm -hmm. emotions and other times it can feel as if things are relatively all right yeah okay and grief comes in waves okay right and part of it has to do with the fact that it takes so much from us physiologically physically to grieve yeah right so of course sometimes you know we're going to be grieving in increments right it's not going to be all or nothing um or grieve now grieve now (laughs) not later yeah because once you think you're on your feet it can obviously hit hit again yes and so when that does occur it's often what i like to call a reminder a grief Mm -hmm. reminder I don't like to call them grief triggers mm-hmm. because I just don't like the word trigger. <laughs> um, but they serve as a reminder. And so oftentimes these reminders refer back to some sort of senses. Mm. Okay. And these come go back to our five senses typically. So what we see, what we hear, what we smell, yep. what we touch, and what we taste. Yep. Okay. So what is it in our environment that is reminding us of the loss, right? Yeah. What are we tasting that's reminding us of the loss? Right. What are we seeing? Maybe, you know, I went out to, you know, my favorite restaurant yeah. and I had the food that I really enjoy. And then I remembered, you know, I had gone to that same restaurant and had the mm. same food with my loved one, Right. Right, who's no longer here, or right? Whatever, exactly. Yeah. That makes sense. It just goes back to, like you said, your your five sensories, your five, yeah, mm-hmm. that, we, that we've known and that we come to know. <laughs> and then, I mean, we kind of already talked about, like, you know, the fifth truth of, of grief and loss. You know, this quote unquote normalcy uh-huh. and getting back to whatever normal is. Mm-hmm. So, is it fair to say that some folks might deem their normal um, as getting back into like their everyday routine or 
uh, yeah, I guess just like their everyday routine with or with, you know, obviously it'll be without that person now. Um, but sorry, I don't know what I'm trying to say or how I'm trying to say, but is it, is it fair to say that you don't even know what like the new back to normal is after you've lost or grieved that person? Well, yeah, you know, part of the thing with grief is that it makes really certain Mm -hmm. how uncertain life is. (laughs) Exactly. Right? And so when we've experienced um, a significant loss, regardless of what that loss might be, right, it, it again, it brings up the fact that nothing is life in life is certain right and so for a lot of us it can be difficult um trying to you know create some sort of new routine right like you said if we're just you know dealing with all this uncertainty and just trying to make it to the next day you know while dealing with the grief honey make it to the next day making it to the next minute Thank you. <laughs> Making it to the next minute. Perfect. The next, sec- the next second. <laughs> God. See, I'm already learning something. I'm ready for grad school. Grad school, here I come. You are <laughs> so ready. Okay. So, I mean, that that explains it. That kind of, you know, explains grief, loss, and things like that. So, how would you make meaning of grief and loss? Yeah. I think that's a really good way to wrap things up, right? And so, again, which really brings us full circle. Yeah. Because I remember a few minutes ago, we talked about the whole premise of grief work uh, being about that loss. Yeah. Being able to um, identify our feelings towards that loss and that relationship with mm-hmm. that person. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when when we say find meaning again, it's all about doing enough of that work where it's come to the surface, right? And so we've talked about them. We know exactly how we feel about both that loss and that relationship everything that it comes along with it, all our feelings and our emotions. And so now we are trying to reconnect with ourselves and trying to figure out ourselves from anew and and make us, um, make us is not the right word, Um, and and trying to understand what we're passionate about what's more and jay that might take a while yeah it takes okay time. yeah it does and that's okay and there there shouldn't really be any uh rushing to do that Got really it. truly and also too if you need help with processing that grief there are professionals out there if you feel as though your your family or your friends don't understand or you can't relate there are professionals out there who can assist you with processing that grief, processing yes. that loss, and making meaning of it. Um, and, you know, kind of like Kiana said, just everything coming back full circle and kind of, what is that saying? Uh, turning over a new leaf. 
Uh -huh. I'm going for it. You know, and my eyes just widened right now because <laughs> I'm like, holy crap. I really, truly hope she's not going to say everything happens for a reason. Oh, heck no. Oh, my God. I, I just, ah, I scared myself because oftentimes when we think about making meaning, right? A lot of times people say. Right. And then folks are left wondering, well, what the fuck was the reason behind me mm -hmm. going through this transition, this right. really heartbreaking time in my life or losing my loved one right and sometimes there is no fucking reason yeah right that's because life is on life's terms and it sucks and it's awful and it's horrible and if we are tied to trying to make meaning of that you know part bit piece segment whatever that you want to call of our mm -hmm. lives then then we might be further disconnecting from ourselves hmm. right that's so true and that's not the point that's so fucking true yeah and so sometimes there isn't a meaning yeah and and that's okay and that's okay and we have to be okay with that well in a sense yeah right exactly yeah right so that makes sense well thank you so much kiana of course i really appreciate you making the time out to have this conversation with me and educating, you know, listeners and things like that, especially especially with so much going on in, in today's day and age. So, as I said earlier in the episode, I'm going to be going ahead and dropping a link in the description box for you guys um, to have some sort of resources in regards to grief, also in regards to loss. Um, and please feel free to go ahead and follow Kiana on Instagram at Kiki's Corner, where she, where she will be posting resources, articles, things like that. Um, in regards to uh, grief, loss, and everything else in between that. So, like I said, thank you so much again. And with that being said, uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. And we'll see you next week for another episode of Keeping It Real with Jalen. Bye. Thanks for having me.